Welcome to No Shave in the Home Game, the podcast that cares about how your house feels, not how it looks. I'm Lacey, your co-host. I'll introduce Sarah, your official host. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lacey. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah, and yes, I couldn't do this without Lacey, so there's no question mark on that co-host. <laughs> no, you're... No, I couldn't do this without you, so... You are definitely the co-host. Yes. Awesome. This is our first episode to tell you a little bit about us, to tell you a little bit about what this is going to look like. We got a lot of cool stuff, and I know we're both really excited to get started. But I think to get the most out of the show, they need to learn a little bit about who you are, who I am, and how we came to this place. This podcast is so different than what we normally hear when it comes to home anything, because it's not about how your house looks, it's about how your house feels. There's a lot of assumptions we want to make sure everybody knows going in so that we can all jump into this with clear eyes, clear heart, can't lose, pulling a little Friday Night Lights there. Sarah, you should start with who you are, though, because... You're our anchor. You're the one who's going to be doing the work, really. It doesn't, but the, here's what's beautiful is it doesn't feel like work. I love it. I yeah. love it. When I think of work, I think of something that's tough and hard, but this to me is so much fun. I love it. I am five foot three. I am an Aries cusp Pisces. <laughs> here's the thing. I've never met you in person but I'm like, oh my gosh, no, you've got to be like 5'10 at least. There's no way you're five foot three. Oh, that's so funny. I was actually five foot two for a lot of my life and I, I like willed myself to grow and I'm now five foot three, which I'm really proud of. Really? You know, my son is almost as tall as I am. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, in my mind, you are a very tall woman. I don't know why. So you you just is... blew my mind. <laughs> I need to sit with this for a moment, Sarah. <laughs> I cannot handle that you're five so... foot three. <laughs> I'll, re I'll redo my introduction. My name is Sarah. <laughs> I am five foot three, but I appear five foot ten through yes. the magic of Zoom. Okay, you have tall so girl energy. Tall girl energy. Tall girl energy. If you like laughter, stick around because Lacey and I can't get through anything without laughing. No. If you're not interested in laughter, this may not be the podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So in all seriousness... My name is Sarah. I am a home management consultant. And what that means is I help people manage their homes so it feels better and it works for them. I always tell people when your car isn't running as smoothly as you know it can, you go to a mechanic. But when your house isn't running smoothly, who do you go to? Like, where do you turn for help? And as we said at the beginning, this is, I don't help people have their houses look a certain way. I always help my clients make their homes feel how they want them to feel. And by doing that, the way it looks always ends up changing. But if we don't start from looks, we start from the feels goods or how, whatever feeling you want to get. And so that is me, a five foot 10 and a five foot three package. <laughs> I just and, think it's so funny. Uh, I thought you were making a joke. I genuinely was like, there's no way you're five foot three. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know that I keep going back to this, but in, in my mind, whatever. Lacey, I want you to tell the audience all about how you got rug burns lip syncing, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the funnest fun fact. I just learned that. And I just thought that was such an amazing snippet. At my bachelorette party, we had a lip sync say competition because it was more about a performance where people would do lip syncs and I prepared Backstreet Boys I want it that way and at a very key part I dropped to my knees because you have to show that emotion and I dropped to my knees and gave myself rug burn <laughs> and I am proud of that to this day it was a shining moment of my life that was I my love it. let's love see here I'm five foot seven so I am taller than you. People always think I'm taller, though. Not like that they see me, they meet me and they think I'm taller. Like people always like, what? You're like 5'10", right? No, I'm only 5'7". So I, 
I have tall girl energy as well. I gotta be honest, I'm still figuring out how to describe myself. I am a mother of two. I have my own podcast called Sharing the Middle. And right now I'm in a very kind of in-between place in my life where I've gone through some health issues that made it that I wasn't able to work traditionally anymore. I've started building this podcast network. We're going to call it a podcast network because the middle is producing this and media because I write and all this stuff. And I'm a girl from the Midwest who never thought this would be something that I can do. So I'm still very much dealing with this imposter syndrome type thing. But I, when it comes to home management, am a hot mess in general. So like (laughs) where Sarah gets excited by these things, I get overwhelmed. So (laughs) I think if that is you, I am your entry point in this podcast of all those different things. But I will say one thing that has always been important to me is how my house feels. I've always said I want a very cozy home. I want a home that I feel good in. And that is something that my friends and family have said when they've come over of, no, your house does just feel warm and feel good. And I I think it's because I have let go of some things of my house is never going to be spotless. Not a thing. Was not that way before kids. It won't be that way after kids. But I like for it to feel good. I think you touched on something that came up very naturally when you said not fitting into a mold. You had to stop traditional work. You're still leaning into this new identity. I also was brought up in the Midwest. And so I also have that. No, you do this, you get married here, you go to college here, you plant this many flowers. And I also have never fit into a mold. And I've been trying my whole life. And it felt awful and horrible until I finally was like, this feels horrible. And I just changed everything about my life. I'm with you on that. If you also feel that I don't fit into a mold, like I don't color coordinate my socks like my sister does. And I feel like I'm an outcast. Maybe that's our little group of following is, do you feel like you're just a little bit outside of that mold that you're trying to fit into and it doesn't feel good? And Like that, maybe that's where the people are that are going to cling to us as like finding your people. I loved your sister example because I do have an older sister who I have put on a pedestal who I think she is like Martha Stewart in real life of she just does all these things and I don't know how she does them and why the hell can't I just do it, (laughs) you know? And I'll leap into my, I'll put my job hat on imaginarily you don't if that works for your sister that's great it doesn't mean that's what has to work for you how you feel it may or may not come from how your socks are organized for your sister that feeling might come from there for you I really don't think that's the answer if organizing your sock drawer by color brings you joy and that's how you want to feel do it But if organizing your sock drawer by color makes you feel drained and mad, then don't do it. There's a million ways, and this is where we're going to get our outcasts and our little misfit club going on. There's no shame. You do whatever you do to make it feel the way you want it to feel. Is having your sock drawer organized by color going to make your home feel cozy? It will not. (laughs) Embracing what it is for you. I mean, embracing what it is for your sister. You are not your sister and your sister's not you. I'm jumping in head here into beliefs of the podcast, but I tell my clients all the time, your home is not going to look like your neighbor's home because it's, you are two totally unique ecosystems, microcosms. You have different priorities. You have different resources. You have a different amount of living beings in your house. You have different values. So rather than berating yourself for your entryway, not being as picked up as your neighbors, embrace that you are a unit of one. You are yourself and yours is going to be totally unique and nobody is going to be like yours either. Like we're not trying to fit some outside mold is basically what I'm going to repeat over and over to anyone who wants to listen. The home that we grew up in carries a lot over into the how we run our own homes. 
one of the first questions, any childhood rules that stand out that were just normal to you at the time, but then you got out into the world and you scratched your head and went, oh, not everybody <laughs> does that. And I have that- a very specific story on this that has become a big family joke for my family. I grew up in a house. I was the youngest of five kids. I was always considerably younger than my siblings. They're all much closer in age. And then I'm five years younger than my closest siblings. I have this interesting place in a family where I'm almost like an only child and a youngest child. It explains a lot about me when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) But growing up, when there are that many people in a house, like things like food, you get your food, you eat your food, or there's not going to be food. Now, there are some special foods that there is like a very limited amount. And one of those for us was always deviled eggs. And I love my dad's deviled eggs. He would always tell us, you can have two deviled eggs. That is the amount that you are allowed to have. And it was a way of being fair for everybody to get some. And then at the end, if there's more, we can divvy them out. But two deviled eggs. We also have this with shrimp. You get five shrimp. Like those are like, I can spout them off. Like it's nothing. So I go over to a friend's house. I was probably like 10, 11 at the time. And her mom put down deviled eggs for dinner. And What I also thought was interesting is we were like a buffet-style family. The food's on the stove. You get it. You sit down at the table. They had brought all the food to the table for us to pass around. So everybody was sitting at the table. I get the deviled eggs, and I ask, how many deviled eggs are we allowed to have? Being the good girl that I am, because that is very much follow the rules. And this mom looked at me, and she just was like, honey, how many are you going to eat? And it was just this (laughs) moment of... Oh, that's not a universal rule of you get so much of this food. I In that moment, I just was like, how many did she think I was going to eat? I probably could have eaten like 30, but did I probably still take two and move along? Yes. But that was a big aha moment for me of, oh, the rules in my household are not rules everywhere. It's something that we still talk about to this day. Anytime we have deviled eggs, it's Lacey, you get two. Sometimes people are like, don't worry, Lacey, I'll give you one of mine as a as a fun thing. A lot of the rules in our household was managing what was there so that people could get a certain amount and that kind of thing. Of course we did if you went out to eat and then... <laughs> And then had your own leftovers. You had to write your name and touch and die naturally so that a sibling didn't need it. Die. (laughs) Touch and die. Written in, like, scratched in so it was a little, like, intimidating. I have to say, though, I actually, I want a graphic T now that says... How many deviled eggs can I have? And it says, oh, honey, how many you got? That is a good shirt. (laughs) I like that to be like any picnic you go to. It's just how many deviled eggs can I have? (laughs) Oh, I love that. I've got one around food as well. My my parents, my mom especially, grew up in a very formal household. She grew up on the East Coast, and then we were raised in Nebraska. So – Very different when you think of some ways of being that were imprinted earlier in life. We couldn't have the ketchup. I'm trying to say this without laughing. We couldn't have the ketchup bottle on the table. (laughs) I love, as a kid, I loved ketchup. I actually think I loved vinegar, to be honest, but Uh, because there's vinegar and ketchup. I think that's what I loved, but I loved ketchup. I would put ketchup on absolutely everything. It's like... I wasn't trying to gross anyone out. I truly loved it. But in order to put ketchup on the table, you had to pour the ketchup into a small bowl and then get that bowl with a spoon and then put that on the table. All I'm hearing is dishes. When you say that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's more dishes. No. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. But to her, God, I love my mom. That was from her family of origin. Yeah. That you do not put... You don't put any container on the table. If she had her way, we probably would have been eating off of much nicer dishes. We had a tablecloth. We had a tablecloth every Did night. Did you guys set the table the every table. night too? Was every there a table night. It was my job. There was not a tablescape, but there was a tablecloth. Uh-huh. There was a plate. Like I learned how to set a table very young. And then, yes, you would bring everything over not in its original container. <laughs> So then did you guys pass food around and serve yourself or yep. did you? Okay. See, Very, this, and it, 
Very formal. I find that fascinating. As someone who was like, I never understood making a table when people are like, make the table. I'm like, why would you do that? You just put the stuff at the beginning of the buffet. Like, I never understood that. And again, like, I love this because at the end of the day, we all got belly in our foods. Like, how much... I saw it really stressing my mom out because she made these very full meals, very balanced, very beautiful. And then the stress of doing that seven nights a week. Yeah. It was seven nights a week. I'm wondering if she would have felt more freedom to not be so structured. But so I grew up with that when I would go to friends' houses where it's like the ketchup bottles on the table and there's soda cans on the table. And I'm like, what is happening what is this other way of living? Is this a motorcycle gang? Like, what is happening? Bone <laughs> West, y'all. Come on. Uh, and I loved it. I leaned into it. I loved those houses because it was just, your house probably was like this too. Just very relaxed, full of laughter. You know, Very loud. Yeah. Yes. And mine was no elbows on the table. You don't speak with your mouth full. You have to ask to be excused, which I'm glad I know all these things. I am. But- Maybe See, not. we go on to, I want to hear, are there any non-negotiables in your home? Like things that you absolutely, absolutely shoes off at the door or absolutely, I have no idea, but uh, do you have any? I really can't think of any. I have things that I don't like for sure. I guess this is one. The, in the bowl of the sink, I do not want to see clumps of toothpaste you know how that they can be there sometimes i that is one thing that i'm just like nope nope i do not like that i do not want to see that we generally take our shoes off by the door but it's not like a rule although our kids have adopted it as a rule no shoes in the bed i've taught that to my kids too you're not allowed in my bed with your shoes that's something i've said but i'm a i'm pretty (laughs) loosey-goosey There are very few. I wish I had more because I think I would feel better about my home of, oh, this is important to me. But I I just am like, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Which is, again, no right or wrong. But when we're talking to people who are living with another adult, it's like you bring those family of origin rules with you. And now my husband, who you all will hear from at some point, does have these. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he does. And I, yeah, we disagree on some of them. See, and that's where I find like really interesting because it's not actually right or wrong. Yeah. What's the objective? And this is how you were brought up doing it, thinking that was the be all end all. But then it's like with me and the ketchup. No, you can put the bottle on the table. You put the ketchup on the table now? No, because we make our plates up at the counter. I don't Mm -hmm. schlep the food over to the table because that's one step I don't want to do. And my son has a passion for ketchup like I had when I was his age. I have had to rein him in on how much ketchup he puts on his plate because I say you can always get more, but once you've squeezed it out, you're not putting it back in. But the ketchup bottle does. It just goes right on the counter. I don't know. I don't have time. In my house, I don't – I would say the older I get, the less I have about non-negotiables because, like, I am leaning more into how my house feels. And so non-negotiables can take away from the feeling. I do, at the end of the day – I do want all the dirty dishes in the dishwasher or if they're hand washed, I want them washed. I do not like waking up to dirty, dried on dishes. So that's more about protecting my sanity for the next day. And I always go, oh, I'm just not going to do it tonight. I'm so tired. I don't want to do it. And then I can't. I cannot physically walk upstairs knowing there's dirty ketchup dishes in my sink. I, just well, I mean, with a passion for ketchup, you've got to regulate that. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> when, ca- when ketchup dries, it becomes this gelatinous form of dish torture that it's, it's so not worth it. You're a business owner who cares more about people than profits, although you still want to make some money, of course. And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. 
Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so going to the next one, I get so excited. Oh, this is the kind of stuff I love. Okay, what do you have a home task that you love or a home task that you despise? Do anything come to mind for you? Here's my thing. I cannot think of one that I love. Once okay. I get started in some of them, I don't mind them. Once I get started actually folding the laundry, I'm fine. I usually put a podcast on and I'm good. Same with vacuuming. There is something very soothing and completionist of vacuuming. Of You can see the difference right away. I appreciate that. But I never want to do them. It's the mm-hmm. started that I struggle with. Least favorite, I hate dishes. I think they're gross. I just don't want to touch them. And it's all dishes are done at the end of the day. And I have the least amount of energy at the end of the day. So it always just feels like a hill I will not want to touch. I will leave dishes for a very long time. I, I, spoiler alert, I have a feeling dishes are going to be a big theme when we talk to my husband. And I think that's important. Though, when I mentioned we all have different resources. And as you mentioned, you had a life change come up that made you not do traditional work anymore. And that really plays into your energy. Energy, man. So that's, again, taking this outside standard and then really going, okay, what are my resources to do this? It's We'll talk to a guest this season and spoon theory will come up. Have you heard of spoon theory? I have. For anyone listening who's not familiar, it was developed by somebody who either had chronic illness or was helping people with chronic illness. And it was a way to look at how you distribute your energy throughout the day. And you have to manage your expectations. And some days you might have less spoons than the day before. And so you have to look at the minimal, like what has to get done. And you might end up using all your spoons by the middle of the morning. And then you have no more spoons. And really accepting that every day is going to be a little bit different. And so for you, yeah, the dishes, it that's there's no digging deeper on that. You don't have the energy left. Because you have no more spoons to give. I have no more spoons to give. So. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pull a spoon out of thin air and push myself, it's gonna be to help my kid or making sure I take my medicine. I know those things may sound really trivial to someone who doesn't have a chronic illness, but those are the things that are more important to me. I mean, I also have the ability to know my husband's probably gonna do them anyway. Again. <laughs> dishes are going to come up. We haven't even recorded the episode. We haven't even started. Dishes are going to come up. But but yeah, so that just never is on my priority list. And that and I realized that too when I was thinking about my non-negotiables and then I was thinking about my desired home feels and I thought it's truly not a non-negotiable because if having an impromptu dance party <laughs> takes away from getting the dishes done, I would rather have that impromptu dance party to do my home feels. Honestly, I'll probably still do the dishes afterwards because <laughs> dancing will give me so much more energy. That's fine. I'm just saying it's actually not a non-negotiable for me because mm-hmm. I prioritize how my home feels to the people living in it over how it looks. So for me, favorite home task. Yeah, I actually love vacuuming and sweeping with a caveat. I don't want anyone home because <laughs> I want to do it uninterrupted. Oh. And I want to put a podcast in mm-hmm. and I want to just... Because it doesn't take any brain power to sweep or vacuum. And I love that before and after. I actually love getting that little dirt pile when you sweep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Seeing everything I just gathered up. (laughs) And that's why I love clear vacuum dust dust bins because you can see the trash accumulating. I love that. We have a dog that sheds like nobody's business. And I love watching the hair build up inside the canister. It's it's like a, it's a data point showing that you've made progress. That makes total sense. I love, I, yeah. Question though. This is something I'm curious about. You said you don't want anyone around. Is it because you don't want someone to mess it up right away too? Oh no, it's actually more, I just want to do it without dancing around somebody else. I can't tell you how many times. So on my first floor, I have wood floors. I now sweep to the trash can and that's where I'll sweep it up. And how many times I've said, don't step in my pile, don't step in my pile. And somebody walks through my pile and I have to, I want to just do it and not worry about, I just want to get it done. No, it's not about it getting messed up because that's, I've, I accepted that a long time ago, living with other people. (laughs) I'm thinking about one of the things that I don't like, I'll be folding laundry and my husband for a long time would put things away as I folded them. 
and it would make me increasingly angry because I was not able to see my progress anymore. And it was like just disappearing. Oh. <laughs> I just was thinking about, oh, that's I would get so mad if I made progress and then I turned around and there was none. It didn't look like there was any. So that's why I was wondering. Oh, yeah. We had talks about it. He knows he's not allowed to do it anymore. And we joked about it. But yeah. I See, But this goes down to the premise of the podcast. I love that discovery you made. Yeah. Because how much, like your relationship with your partner should fill you up. And if that is something so little that he could simply not touch your laundry before it's done. And that's going to add way more joy to your relationship versus the stress it's going to give you. I love figuring out. It's like a detective. It's It's fun for me. Now I'll be folding and like he'll pretend to go to grab it and he's like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to do that. So it's like a bit for us too. So that's also nice and fun. And I think more and more, if we can be honest with ourselves and be have a bit of laughter around it, like tongue in cheek, this is important to me. I realize it's a little ridiculous, but it's important. Like that, I don't Let know. Let me see I just, my progress. Because if you haven't guessed, one of my home feels is just laughter Yeah, and just ease, easy laughter. I grew up in that really formal household where things felt very serious, like walking through a museum where you can't run or touch or sneeze. Or I keep shedding that seriousness and just because I always wanted more laughter growing up. If I have to let go of one of my standards around my home, I will do that easily if it means having easy laughter and joy. I love so that. looking for those trade-offs. So I'm curious, when I think of homes and when people are talking about their home, I think a lot of, it's almost like a spectrum from like minimalist to hoarder. I know that those are very okay. extremes. Does the amount of stuff affect your ease? Yes. Yep. Okay. And that's something I really... I'm evolving. We're all evolving. Like it's not what it was when I got married 15 years ago. It's even different than it was five years ago. I keep finding those balance points between what I would ideally want it to be. And if I'm going to live with other people, what it's going to realistically look like and accepting that compromise. One of the compromises is the Lego. We call it the Lego room. It's more the lounge now, but where a lot of my son's toys are. There is way more crap in there than I like, and I do not spend a lot of time in there. And I also don't really care what it looks like. But my other areas, like the kitchen table, I guess this is a non-negotiable. I do not like stuff accumulating on the kitchen table. I clear that off every night, almost. But if stuff accumulates in the Lego room, I don't care. So I have partitions. Like in my bedroom, I want it very sparse because that feels like a sleeping place to me. Mm-hmm. My son's bedroom, I wouldn't want to sleep in there. That's not my jam, but it's his jam. And I'm willing to allow, I'm willing to yield to those different spaces. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I just you went did. off in a team. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I, so it sounds to me, like if we look at it as a continuum, on the minimalist scale, you would naturally be much toward minimalist you realize that's not for everybody. So you allow it to be more cluttered where it it doesn't matter. But in certain zones. In zones, yeah. So I have a mindset about certain zones. And as long as I can keep the ones that are a priority to me in my priority and not what the rest of my family wants, then I'm more comfortable. And then I give them, I don't give them, but they get spaces to have it be the way they want. So mm-hmm. instead of thinking of it as like it averaging out that the whole house is a little bit cluttered, it's more these zones are always going to be picked up and reset and look the way that makes me feel good. And then other zones, eh, it goes a little bit farther. And then we, I let it go a lot farther before we tether it back a little bit. Let it ebb and flow more, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm realizing um, that I have different types of clutter as you're talking. I'm like, ooh, because I like a little bit of clutter. That's just something when it comes to home feels. I think a little bit of clutter feels warm to me. It feels lived in. But I'm realizing that I've got what I'm going to call functional clutter, clutter that is storage, or you know what I mean, and non-functional clutter, or it gets designed to look a little cluttered. 
And so when I think about the kitchen table, I get so frustrated when our kitchen table has clutter, but it's more that then we can't use it the way that I want to use it, which is as a space for us to do things on. Or if like we have shelves and we've determined that thing, these things go on those shelves, it can be those things cluttered, but it's once other things start to impose that I don't like that. We're like really helping really, you right now, but <laughs> like that, this is a big off moment for me. I, I hope people who are listening, I hope per- somebody's getting something out of that too. And you actually taught me something, functional clutter versus non-functional clutter. And I think that's a really good distinction. And I agree for me, and this is where like the feels are different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I've been in homes that are so picked up and so to to one edge, I don't want to say extreme, but different than me, that you're right. Like, I don't feel at ease. I feel like I'm in a show home where don't sit down, don't touch, don't breathe. You're right. I don't feel as comfortable. So I love that you made that distinction with a little bit of clutter feels cozy. Yeah. And so. I'm very okay with that. That was a, a big realization for me of like how I feel in my home and what I want and I think that's the hard part is I don't mind some clutter. There are a lot of people that I know are super minimalist. They don't want clutter. I was like, I don't mind some. I just need to find that line of when is too much. And I also love the distinction. We already interviewed one of our first participants, already made the distinction between she's a friend of Lacey's and she likes her house extremely minimalist and picked up. And Lacey is at the other end of the spectrum but she's okay if it's in somebody else's house. That doesn't bother her. She just doesn't want it in her own house. So that's an interesting distinction too of going to people's homes. That is one thing that is really tough about the work that I do is the educational part of people. And that's why I love the name, No Shame in the Home Game. People immediately start apologizing to me about their homes. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not here to judge I, it, it's whatever works for you. If it's not working, then it's like going to the mechanic and we're going to figure out what's causing that noise and we're going to solve it. Please don't try to feel like you have to pass some exam with me because I don't, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to figure out what isn't working and solve that. What I feel like it's (laughs) such an interesting, a good distinction to make though of, and this kind of goes into the premise of the podcast and our beliefs of you when someone thinks of like a professional organizer which isn't necessarily what you are but i think that's what people think of that's the closest thing yes. that they think of and a professional organizer has a level of judgment to them in their mind oh i am not meeting this standard whereas that's again no shame in the home game it's about how you feel not how it looks that's what it's focusing on it's focusing on the feels uh, where and not necessarily how it's organized, the tools to get you to the feels, but we care about the feels. I'm okay with there needing to be an educational piece. And yes, everyone always does instantly assume I am an organizer. Yes. And like you said, organizing is a part of it. If you can't find what you need when you need it, then let's find a system that supports you. But yeah, I don't come in with a pre-designed it should look like this and be like this because that is not going to serve everybody the same. It's a great segue into your background and how you've gotten to where you are today. We could do a whole nother podcast on all the jobs I've had up until this point, but there's a couple of things that came together that really merged that was beautiful. One of the things from all the different jobs I've done that I reflected on were systems. As an organization, things coming in, things needing to be done and things going out. And I worked in some, so one was a produce farm, one was a shellfishing organization, one was a cancer research lab, one was a cruise ship, and they all had very defined time limits on them. Those are so different things. Cancer research, cruise ship, shellfishing, what does that even mean? I have so many questions now, sorry. That is a whole nother episode. Okay. But what's beautiful is I, again, us not really fitting into a mold, I looked at all my jobs as being very scattered. And I always felt like people saw me as flighty. But but I'm not. And I loved all my work. And I did all of my work very well. 
because I'm an obliger. I'm always doing what's expected of me. But what I noticed was so neat about all these positions was the similarity. Like something has to come in. It has to be managed for some expectation and then stuff has to go out. Then I started working in people's homes when my son was in preschool and I was the go-to parent. So I couldn't have a nine to five job. I had to be available. So I only worked when he was in school. And I just started working in people's homes. And I would say, whatever you don't have time for, just ask me to do it. It was families where both the parents were working and they had kids and they wanted to come home and be with their kids and not be doing all these boring things. But what was a beautiful was I got to see all these homes as organizations. And I started to see from the work I had done, okay, this comes in, it does this, it goes out. And then I combined that with getting to see behind the curtain of how people felt about their homes. People were very open with me about what was working, what wasn't working. And I realized a lot of these women, not a lot, all of them that I worked with carried shame. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll tell you what, I've been in other people's homes and you're not alone. But everyone thought they were alone. And I was like, wait a second, I'm looking behind the curtain and I'm telling you. And I even learned from my clients. I learned amazing strategies and techniques. And it was just like, can we all just talk about this without shame? Can we all just open up about what's not working or what works for us and realize we're not all the same person and we can't all put a beautiful meal on the table every night because we don't all want to do that? (laughs) Can we just? And then so I combined my experience with organizational systems, with my compassion for overtaxed moms, basically, or women or anyone managing, you know what it is, it's anyone managing a home who is stuck or unsure about how to do something. And I just took those and I made this and I just created what I saw a need for. And then we met in a human design course, which will come up later. But then I learned that I'm a projector. And when Adriana was telling me about what a projector, what their qualities are, I thought she was punking me because she was describing my work. And I was like, wait a second. Is this some kind of hoax? Like, why are you describing my work to me? Like, you already know what it is. And then I realized, like, that's just naturally inherent in me that I see, I can see these solutions. I feel like I've been talking for 20 minutes. Do you have any questions? I know. I honestly, though, Sarah, I have to tell you, I'm like watching you, the joy on your face just mm. genuine joy it's just wonderful i love how much you love it and so that's i'm over here just like watching you be joyful and it's making me joyful that's why this is such a match made in heaven because i can talk about this all day long i truly haven't been passionate in my life up until this point and this brings me so much joy to help other people because when people i just had a client this morning actually and when I was telling them solutions that I saw, he didn't call it home tingles, but I call it home tingles. He's oh, I just, oh, I just got like really happy all of a sudden. And I was like, oh yeah, those are called home tingles. That's what I live for. <laughs> I, I love forgiving people home tingles. I love what I do. And I'm still, because I always believe in evolving, I'm still finding the best way to serve my clients. Yeah. And I am loving this opportunity to have a podcast because if people can listen and take away one thing that helps them, like I'm almost crying. All I want to do is help people feel better at home. Life is hard enough as it is. Your home really shouldn't add to your stress load more than it needs to. And so we're going to have on three, yes, participant subjects. (laughs) (laughs) that we're going to follow them through something in their house that is changing or causing stress. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to meet those people. And we're going to talk about what their home feels, what they want their home to feel like, what's working, what's not working. How do we get there? Because we all have such unique situations. And then people will get to listen. And I'm always very honest about I do not expect this all to be helpful to you. But if you can take away one or two things, do that. 
but just know that there's always another thing to try. I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from the middle, no shame in the home game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started. But once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together. And it is magic and easy and beautiful. It's like a to-do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words when words are hard, because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to noshameinthehomegame.com backslash N-O-T-I-O-N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a Notion advocate. Sarah and I met through a course and learned that our skills are very complementary. And I, as you heard, I love listening to Sarah talk about what she does because one, I need that in my life. But also, I am such a big believer in this idea of we need to stop comparing ourselves to other people because we don't know what's going on in the background. Comparison is the thief of joy. I wish I knew where that quote originated, but I don't. It is such a hard thing. And I think the more that people are willing to stand up and say, oh, I do this, or oh, I do this, or I am not that way, the more that we'll all be able to live these happy, productive good lives for what that looks like for us. I have my own podcast, Sharing the Middle, where people talk about the difficult or different middle moments of their life. And as soon as I heard Sarah talking about this idea and what this could become, I said, Sarah, this is bigger. This is a message that needs to get out in the world. People need to hear you. And that's what brought us together to giggle along and hopefully help someone. Like I just... If this helps one person, that's so freaking cool. Even if it not helps someone feel seen or if it helps someone have an idea yes. or helps someone recognize something in their home that can make them feel better. Because our home – so I rarely leave the house. I have not driven since Halloween of this past year because I'm afraid – it's not just me. My husband's afraid that I will get myself somewhere and not be able to get myself back. Not necessarily that I think – I'm going to like crash and that kind of stuff. It's more about getting somewhere and not getting back. And so I don't leave my home unless somebody else takes me. That means I don't really leave my home. I need to get better about it. It's something I'm, that my mom keeps telling me. But how I feel in my home, it was important for, it's even more important now. And it is crucial to my day-to-day -day life because this is where I am most of the time. And so that's another reason why I think it's really important for a home to be a safe place no matter what. Along that same lines, that was one of the principles of the home CEO course, which is what this is all based around, is it's not just about are the dishes done. It's not just about is there a laundry pile. What it is about is if you come home at the end of a long day and you're tired and hungry and want to change into clean clothes, but you can't find those clean clothes or you don't have any food to eat, then everyone in your home starts is on tension and hangry and starts bickering. And then everyone goes to bed feeling even crappier than when they got home. And then you wake up the morning still not having anything to eat or finding your clean clothes. And everyone's rushing out the door and is snipping at each other. And then you go out into the world with that energy and those feelings. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if we could change that even just 10%? To make it so when you come home and you've had a long day, oh, I just got tingles. <laughs> I just got tingles. What if when you come home, you can find what you need? You can relax. You can laugh with your family. You can make a meal with ease. And it doesn't matter if it's formal or not formal, but you get food in your belly and you can all go to bed clean and fed and rested. And what if you wake up in the morning and you get out of the house with calm energy and what if you take that energy into the world? 
the ripple effect of that, I just think is so beyond what we could even comprehend. If we all 10%, 5% could turn that dial just towards those feelings that you want, just 5%, I think the ripple into the world would magnify. And that's me being that like idealistic. In my previous life, I did learning and development. And one of the things was like a 1% change over time compounds into huge amounts of change. When I start with clients and even with the home CEO course, I'm very clear. We're not uprooting anything. We're not turning this upside down. This is starting so small that it seems insignificant, but it's doable. And that one little corner of a drawer or corner of a counter or even like your kitchen table that you mentioned that if you can just maintain that 1%, let's stick with 1%. Yes, that that will feel so good that it actually naturally starts to spill over into other areas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyone listening who's, I don't have time to change everything or do all this big stuff. It's like, we're just asking for just 1% change if you want to feel, if you want to feel different. And maybe you don't want to. And that's, it's okay. That's just yeah, our motto. That's okay. And that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. You do you. Eat yeah. all the deviled eggs you want to eat. No, you only get two deviled eggs in this house. Dag on it. <laughs> How many do you want to eat, honey? We are going to follow three volunteers who are going to implement some of these things in their home. And we're going to follow them like it's a little reality series where We'll check in with them and it will be, we'll get to hear their progress. And if things don't work, that's actually good because then we can figure it out and do it. There is no right or wrong. There is no finish line, really. It's all about progress and moving towards reaching that home feeling so that we can have that joy ripple out in the world. There's no judgment. There's mm-hmm. no judgment. If you want to keep, if you want to keep all your shoes lined up one in front of the other and make a big trail through your house because that's what works for you, like rock on. There's no judgment, and it's yeah. I see it as really em- empowering people to view things in a way that works for them, and empowering people by giving them tools that they can try on and see if they work for them or not. And it's just knowing there's options. And it takes in all parts of you. Like Sarah already mentioned, in my household, I I have a chronic illness that I'm working through. And that's going to make my needs much different than my friend Alex, who we've talked to, who is a doer. She's out and she's doing things. And that's great. Those are just the way we do things. We're going to have physical illnesses that get in the way, mental illnesses that get in the way. And no matter what, you're allowed to be your whole person in your home to create a safe, healthy environment one step at a time. We're all in it together. Yes, I just I hope people feel a little bit of comfort, a little bit of laughter, a little bit of joy, all the goods, all the good feels. Something I tell to all my clients, and this was there from the very, very beginning, is home management is real. That was my first post on Instagram. It was actually home management is real, (laughs) y'all. Like it is a real thing. But we don't all have the same skill set to do it. Either not even the skill set. We don't all have the same knowledge. We didn't all grow up in the same household. We don't all have the same just natural abilities to do certain parts of managing a home. It is real. It needs to happen. But we're all going to come at it very differently and we all could use a little bit of help or insight or reflection or advice sometimes. And that's okay. I also want to be very clear that we also are building a course that we would love for you to buy if this, if you want to go more into this concept, but if you can't, I still, that's why we're doing the podcast of maybe you can still get something out of it. So we are going to reference home CEO throughout it because That's the foundation this is built on. I am overly (laughs) sharing that it's, yeah, we hope to make money. We hope some of you will be like, oh my gosh, yes, I need this in my life and go buy the course. But we also hope that you can get 
stuff out of the podcast without that. Same with like well, affiliate links. We'll probably share different things that work for us. And if you can afford it and it will work for you, great. Not only like you, you soared beyond to make money. If we can just cover our production costs. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Let's just start there. We will, we will make money because we are both entrepreneurs. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And so at the heart of it, yes, we are business owners, but we're also just really compassionate people who want to help others. And we're yeah. also level-headed people who want to cover our production costs. <laughs> There, there is a reality to it. I just, it's one of those things where I have always, and I say this on my own podcast, of sales stuff has always felt really ugh to me. And so my way of selling is to be very like clear of this is my goal. This is my goal for you. If you don't meet that, great. I had no pressure. Would I like it? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think it can help people? Yeah, because we're working on it and it's really cool and it's really great. A little bit more about the home CEO course. My, my company is your aligned home. That is my company. And it, on my website, there, were, there are courses that are coming. And there are many courses, one of which will be home CEO. So this podcast is based on that course. When we reference different tools or different systems or ways of thinking, that is all inside the home CEO course. So if something resonates with you and you go, oh, that sounds really helpful, but you don't have to make that sound. Oh, that sounds really helpful. Oh my gosh. I hope they do though. Oh, Oh. I'm just saying your ooh could sound, oh. So if something resonates, then you know, you can get more information about that, that, about that tool Mm -hmm. from the course that will live on my website. And with that, it's going to build up over time. As people have questions, need clarity, unique situations, I will keep adding to the course to serve the audience. And then we'll also be having some bonus podcast episodes that'll be just for the home CEO members. So that is really going to build up to support people where they are and whoever needs it. So yeah, that's all going to be part of the goodness. And we're going to have some merch. We're going to have some merchandise if you feel empowered by the concept of home CEO. We're going to have a hat for your head. And this is home CEO. And we're also the whole no shame in the home game. If you want to scream that to the world so everyone knows, we will have a beautiful t-shirt that you can also order from my website to empower others to know that there is no shame in the home game. Oh, can we just like make our own outro music? No shame in the home game. I mean, we can now. We got that. We recorded that. Got it. It's in the can. Anything else we need to add? We are so excited. And we hope you are too. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget of goodness to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in the player of your choice. Like us on social media. Rate and review. And share us with all of your friends and maybe a couple of non-friends if you want. You can always visit joyfulsupportmovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread some joy.